Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. Like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast about Marvel Christ Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Bruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Jesse, so much going on in the world of Atomic Mass Gaming, and so much going on in our little corner of it with MCP, with all these reveals, which, not to spoil anything, but I think we'll be getting to next episode. That's right. I think we're going to have a news episode soon. Prepare yourselves. Very excited for that. But, you know, Shatterpoint just released. It's just, it's an exciting time. I'm on a Shatterpoint high right now because just learning the game, right, is just an exciting endeavor what story it's got to tell about its design you know it's very different from mcp despite the similarities people would point out you know and then it it makes you yearn for both games differently which is amazing and i'm very excited about that and you know we covering some of the, our launch feelings about shatterpoint on of course hello there and then you and i are going to be playing some shatterpoint in the near future so that's also very exciting yes yes all this paired with all this crazy news for mcp there was like a slight pause but then there was a bunch of news <laughs> And then you and I are in a new series now. Of course, we mentioned this last episode, but it's like we're fully in the transition out of Shields into Web Warriors, all this fun stuff. And returning to Web Warriors has been really cool because it's been some time since we did them on the show. And today's episode is no different from that excitement. We are returning to the Web Warriors, like I mentioned, and with Jessica Drew, Spider-Woman. Oh, yeah. Very interesting lore-wise. I'm sure, I mean, I learned a lot just researching and putting the episode together so i'm sure we'll be learning a little bit together but extremely weird kitschy that's right character 
uh, it's going to be interesting to get through it. I am also extremely in- excited to hear about her on the tabletop because it is no secret that I'm slowly working towards putting together an A-Force list, and she is likely part of it. So very yeah. excited to talk about that and, and get a little perspective. Yeah, I think we should just get right in because she is one of those crazy characters in Marvel and in Marvel Christ Protocol, uh, which is perfect, quite honestly. So, But before we do that, Chris, let's get into a little bit of business. Fury's Finest is supported by Mr. Laser. Go to mr-laser.square.site for all of your Marvel Crisis Protocol needs. Fury's Finest is also supported by iWarGame. iWarGame makes the best marked MCP mats in the business, and we highly recommend checking them out at iWarGame.net. Of course, we cannot do the show without our patrons. Our patrons support us at patreon.com slash Finest. If you enjoyed the show and would like to join our Discord community, check that link out, and we also take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. This week, we want to send a very special shout out to Tim. Thank you so much, Tim. Thank you, Tim. And of course, Chris, we cannot do the show without our Avenger producers, Rusty, Rich, Puyon, and Sean. Thank you, Avengers team. The Fantastic Four, let's go. We're back to Fantastic Four, that's exactly it. All right, Chris, let's get into our wonderful Spider-Woman lore today. Well, Jesse, we've got another one. It's not our first time to talk about the, the hmm, is it dreaded? It might be dreaded. The dreaded copyright character title. Oh, yeah. That's right. Spider-Woman was created because DC Comics was about to put a Spider-Woman in a cartoon show. So Marvel had to scramble to create Jessica Drew, the Spider-Woman. We'll get into it. But Jesse, this is another one of those characters who, where the story outside of the comic page is almost as interesting and telling as the story on the page. So let's start off talking about her powers to frame everything. Now, this character has had three different origin stories, so we're not going to really touch on that, but in canon, she's always had superhuman speed, stamina, agility, reflexes, superhuman durability, I think is a, is a good way to put it. She's, she's tough, man. She's very tough. Uh, she's also got her little electro bioelectro uh, venom blasts she calls them she is the first character to have these uh, it is echoed this power is echoed in uh, miles morales uh, my spider-man thank you very much <laughs> she is trained in espionage not only by hydra but also by nick fury and shield she's gotten both sides of the espionage coin and training in her third <laughs> And most recent origin, she is trained to fight. She's trained in hand-to-hand fighting by Taskmaster, one of the best hand-to-hand fighting technicians in the Marvel Universe and one of the best teachers in the Marvel Universe. So very, very skilled, apt fighter. Of course, she's a spider person, so she can stick to those walls. She's climbing. She's not shooting webs, but she is gliding. Not exactly sure how the gliding happens. She's got the little armpit webbing cape, but uh, otherwise it seems to be kind of a super ish power, even if it's not acknowledged because come on, man, that suit ain't doing that. No way. It's like the agility she has. Yeah. Gives those 
webs or lift <laughs> and the superhuman strength maybe the jump is just very very powerful yeah who knows man who knows we have pretty much encapsulated her powers she has she's got a lot she can do a lot but she doesn't have anything just screaming you know that's that's wildly different from any other spider person or really any other marvel hero but she does have a very interesting uh origin here so let's talk about her first appearance she is going to first show up in marvel spotlight number 32 in february of 1977 jessica is created by archie goodwin and marie severn now like i said she was put together hastily okay but in an effort to differentiate her from spider-man to give her a chance in a way there are, you know, she's she's a little bit different, but initially they didn't really intend to her, for her to show up more than once. This was just to keep DC from using a Spider-Woman and being able to have a Spider-Woman character. This is copyright only. But in this first issue that she's going to show up in, she's going to show up as a Hydra agent. Her costume is basically the same, though she will have, her her hair will not be on display it'll be covered up by hood less iconic without the hair it looks it kind of looks cool definitely looks more villainish Mm. for sure but uh, notably she's also a blonde in this issue and her origin story is though she's her first publication is in the late 70s you know firmly in the the silver age you know, when, when the comics code is starting to loosen a little bit and stories are changing, becoming a little bit more believable. I mean, it's still comics, but we're getting away from some of this wackiness from the golden age. And her origin story is very much a wacky kind of golden age-esque story. She is initially a product of the high evolutionary up-jumping a common spider into a human. So that's right. Jessica Drew is initially a spider turned into a human spider woman. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Round of applause. Crazy. Uh, yeah. Wow, it's some of the wacky Marvel stuff that's it, fun, it is. It is some wacky, silly. wacky comic stuff, but that's not really flying in the mm-hmm. 70s. But anyway, high evolutionary up jumps her. She is immediately kind of an outcast because of the new men that the high evolutionary has created. She is the most human looking. She will kind of flee, be taken in by Hydra brainwashed, turned into an agent. That is the origin story. So Marvel did not plan on this character really showing up again, but sales numbers were high. So we're going to bring her back and she is going to show up a four issue story arc in Marvel two and one written by marv wolfman now marv is going to change the origin story that's right second appearance second origin story Mm. she is batting a thousand so far in the second origin story she will have a mother and a father her father works with the high evolutionary before he becomes the high evolutionary when jonathan drew her father and Miriam drew her mother will move to Mount Mondegore with the high evolutionary to continue 
their work. Unbeknownst to them, it is sitting on a Mount Wondagore is sitting on a rather large uranium deposit and is very radioactive. Jessica Drew reacts very poorly to this. The, the child becomes very sick, and in an her father, who conveniently works with spiders, in an effort to save her, kind of splices her genes with various spider genes. And then she's going to get put into stasis for like a decade. Her father will kind of disappear and she will be in the care of the high evolutionary. She will come out of the care of the high evolutionary. And now the origin stories will kind of take a similar tack. She will flee the high evolutionary, be brainwashed by Hydra, become an agent where she will fall in love with a, another agent, accidentally kill a love interest with her powers manifesting. They will implant some false spy, uh, memories of her being a spider to kind of tie up the loose ends with the original origin story here. So yep, this is very, very comic book. This is very <laughs> comic book. But Jessica Drew is now here. She's going to ha now have her own solo title. Now that Marv Wolfman and this, this four-issue arc has kind of cleared things up, we're now going to get a Spider-Woman solo series. In an effort to distance her from Spider-Man, so she's not just looking like a complete derivative to give her her own life, and coupled with the fact that we're moving into the Silver Age, paranormal stories you know, kind of creep show stories are selling like hotcakes. This is when Morbius is going to be rising to power. This is when Dr. Strange, we're going to, the Sorcerer Supreme is going to have his first, he's going to be very popular for the first time. You know, we're getting all of this paranormal stuff happening in comics and it is selling. So Jessica Drew is going to follow this. She's going to follow this trend. She's going to establish a, a main villain of Morgan Le Fay. She's going to be very instrumental in some dark hold stories, which are huge right now in Marvel and in the MCU. She's going to be hanging out with the uh, monster hunters, the brothers Grimm, uh, given her kind of crazy past, uh, she will be taken under the care of a mysterious sorcerer, Magnus, going to kind of teach her how to be a human in modern society. She's going to have a couple of uh, romantic interests here. None too serious or really going to work out too well. But something you have to understand about this, this solo series, uh, it's going to go 50 issues. There's going to be seven different writers, I believe, on this thing. Wow. So Jessica never really gets established in any one lane. Every writer is going to have kind of their own ideas. And I mean, we've got some heavy hitters in this list. Marv Wolfman, uh, before his legendary Teen Titans run, like right before, actually. Chris Claremont's going to be in there for a while. Mark Grunwald, the uber nerd himself, is going to kind of take a shine to her and be with her the, the longest. But at the end of this 50 issues, they're going to make a really weird choice and they're going to kill Jessica Drew off. So this is met very, very poorly by the fan, by the readership, by Jessica Drew fans. She will, and Grunwald is, is kind of rising to editor in chief at this point. So he's going to bring Jessica Drew back and it's going to take about a year. Now we're going to have, this is kind of where we're going to have a problem now with a new writer, Jessica Drew is going to leave the the monsters behind and 
fit in more with the crowd. She's going to become a bounty hunter. We're going to move to San Francisco. The entire tone of the character will change. The stories will change. And before long, we're going to get a new writer and she's going to become a private eye. We're going to get back to Morgan Le Fay and we're going to go through a few more uh, romantic relationships, but nothing to speak of. Nothing really just big is happening. And this is going to be the Jessica Drew story through up until almost the 2000s until uh, Bendis gets his hands on her. Uh, she'll be depowered for a while. We're going to go through a few other spider women, one even being a villainess. So I hope, I hope AMG brings her to the games at some point, but yeah, Jessica Drew just never really caught on. And of course, like I said, Bendis is going to get his hands on her and uh, love or hate Brian Michael Bendis. He has, he is responsible for keeping some pretty cool characters going and alive or even bringing life into them, whereas they they wouldn't have. And it is during his run that we're going to get her third and final origin story. Now, in this run, her mother and father are funded by Hydra. The high evolutionary is gone, where he's out of the picture. Her father is, of course, still studying arachnids, and she is going to get her powers in the womb. She is going to, we're, we're going to have you know, energy blast uh, that has got the DNA splicing of like 38 different kinds of spiders, something like that. You know, the real Dr. Pepper, you know, 24 flavors of spider here. And she's going to get these powers in the womb. She'll be born. Her parents will mysteriously kind of disappear where she will be taken in, trained by Hydra, trained by Taskmaster. Eventually she will come to the side of good, of course, you know, where she will join S.H.I.E.L.D. and become an Avenger. This will be Bendis, of course, writing her and taking her into being a new Avenger. But problem, man, there's a problem here. He Bendises it up because from the very beginning of him writing her, I mean, outside of the new established origin story, okay. from the very beginning, the, the Jessica Drew he's writing is a scroll. So we're not going to see the real Jessica Drew and this character we've gotten to know over however many issues and through these teams, right? You know, is has been a scroll. So naturally, we'll get the real Jessica Drew back, and she will start working with Sword. And and this makes a whole lot of sense given her expertise with and animosity towards these scrolls having been abducted. And I mean, the Scroll Queen is using Jessica Drew's form. Big, it's big deal. Wow. She's going to have a lot of kind of image issues with the public after coming back, similar to to Captain America post Hydra Cap, right? That's right. You know, real good Steve has a real problem establishing that he is sure. a good, good Steve. And so Jessica's going to be having the same problem, but she's back in the limelight. She's going to be being regularly written into stories, though often just as a background character. It is during the Spider-Verse where Jessica will see a new resurgence. Uh, she kind of melts away in the background of these, these Avengers books and team books. But with the Spider-Verse, she's coming back in full force. You know, we're going to get this, the wonderful Spider-Women team-up book. And she's going to be instrumental in the Spider-Verse and also playing a, a big role in Secret Wars. So, you know, Secret Wars 2 is, is often where I tend to leave off with characters and it is no different here, but Jessica drew 
is a very interesting character. I, I can't say she's enduring to me because I kind of feel like she's kind of an underdog of I, for IP. Okay. She, it took forever for her to find a groove. And even when she did, it was kind of only in the context of the other spider people. Right. You know, so, and so long after her introduction. So I like Jessica Drew and she's had some pretty impressive runs in comics. And we're, I'm going to, one of them is going to be my, it's going to be some recommended reading here. Spider-Woman volume six, the Dennis Hopeless run. This is going to be pregnant Jessica Drew as Spider-Woman. This is post it, it's it's kind of a little bit before, during, and, and mostly post Spider Verse. It is genuinely pretty, super well received by most critics, but there there are some people that didn't like it at all. I mean, it is it's a pregnant person being a superhero, so some some people just didn't resonate with. So you know, know that going in. But my other recommended reading for this one is Spider Woman Volume Four, Agent of Sword. Give you some of that, you know, espionage training get to know the character mm-hmm. and, and seeing her do some of that secret spy stuff that she do so well. Perfect. Excellent, Chris. Well, it's funny you mentioned the pregnant Spider-Woman. Mild spoilers, just that Spider-Woman is in Into the Spider-Verse too, across the Spider-Verse, and that she's played by Issa Rae, and she is pregnant in the movie. So that's all I'm going to say about the movie. But it is awesome that Into the Spider-Verse just came out while we're doing our return to Web Warriors form. I'm sure it'll come up in more future Web Warrior episodes, but we do have a Spider-Woman technically in the MCU at this moment, being the all the, now we know all the Spider-Man canon is in Sony and Marvel Disney universes, respectively, through the multiverse, right? They're all canon with each other. So it is super cool, but I'm excited to see if we ever get like a Spider-Woman in the live action MCU. Uh, Ooh, it yeah. might happen. It might happen. We'll see. It'd be nice. Yeah. And it might happen with some of this shield and sword stuff, you know, that they're leaning into in the coming years, but uh, time will tell. So yeah, Chris, that's her lore. It's very wild. The spider part always intrigues me because it was like, you know, retconned and changed and all this stuff, but which is very cool. It's hard to really know which parts of her origin are are canon at this point. Well, you had the Hydra element too, right? And like her brain's been wiped and she's been an agent yeah. for and Hydra. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure if the implanted spider memories and her accidentally killing the first romantic, true romantic interest she's ever had. Mm. You know, it's just the oh my superpowers. Ah, you're dead. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, the, it does happen. The old, the old MacGuffin. Uh, That's right. Tales oldest superheroes, but I don't know. She's just never caught traction, and I mean, I hope she does. Yeah, but uh, Spider Verse stuff certainly helped with that. Yeah, and the iconic suit, man! Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it's so good. The suit is incredible. I, I don't is. think she'll ever go away just because the suit is incredible. It's just whether she'll be more than a background character most of the time or not is really the, the question. Absolutely, yeah. And one can hope that she'll just still be around and they explore her more. And seems like that's what they're doing in recent time with Bendis and a lot of the Spider-Verse stuff in visual movie canon and of course comics, right? There's, she's just, she's been around more like in a lot of ways. Yeah. And uh, she's obviously a, a founding member of A-Force as well, even though A-Force is still not very fleshed out as well on top of all this stuff. Right? Yeah. It's more of a, more of an atomic mass invention at this point. It's them writing them adding more to the lore of it. Yeah. Running with a loose concept. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. But All right, Chris, well, let's get into Spider-Woman in Marvel Crisis Protocol and Strategy. 
Her name is Spider Woman. Her alter ego is Jessica Drew, or you can call her Jess Drew. She is a four threat character on a small base with a long move, and she's a size two like standard. Her defenses are four physical, three energy, three mystic. Looks like a spider person. And she has a stamina of six on her front healthy side and a stamina of five on her injured side, putting her at that average kind of 11. Any thoughts, Chris, uh, other than the long move? What? You took it away from me, you jerk. (laughs) And he was coming. (laughs) No, she looks, you know, normal. Looks like a four. Looks like a four. Looks like a four. Yeah, really. I mean, the long moves makes her stand out and... The four physical is nice, but four physical is nice, but it's she doesn't have spidey sense. So it's not like nothing that's going to change anything. Weirdly, she doesn't have spidey sense in the sense of like mechanics, but I get it in the lore. Yeah, she doesn't have a spider sense in the lore. Right. And her whole power level thing with with a reroll in general, whether it's spidey sense or name something else, it might make her too good. Let's talk about her attacks real quick. Her first attack is bioelectric strike. I absolutely love that it is an energy attack strike has a range of three. A strength of five and a power cost of zero. After this attack is resolved, Jess Drew gains power equal damage dealt. And on a wild, you will trigger one of the coolest wild triggers in the game on a strike. Before damage is dealt for each wild in the attack roll, the defending character gains one of the following special conditions, poison, shock, or stun. So we're already seeing a theme of this character that she has some control and she has some conditions and when I say she has them, she has them in the thing you're going to do most in the game, which is strikes. Like we talked about strikes to build power and her strike can give out numerous conditions. The thing I love about this is that it is before damage is dealt. Before damage is dealt, yep. stun is one of the best conditions. It, it It's it's newer. They, they haven't been doing this before damage is dealt. You get the stun thing until pretty recently. And right. Goodness gracious, it's nasty. Yeah, it's like Mystique has it on her spender, and then that's been it for the longest time. Oh, yeah, I always forget about that. But then Jess came out, and then there's been a couple models recently. Mm -hmm. Still extremely rare in a game that has like approaching 150 models, right? And it's like, oh, like three of them do this, right? Three or four of them do this. Goodness. So the fact that you can do this early with her, you can stun them, and they're only getting one power from however much you dealt with them with the strike and then on top of that you can shock and poison them which are also amazing debilitating shock just neutering those aggressive characters and poison just absolutely ruining models that like depend on power right in a lot of ways so it's amazing she is doing a lot with this strike yeah and this is just the strike and it's range three yes we love that absolutely long mover with a range three strike she's striking her if she wants to well, let's talk about her spender, and I believe her spender is one you will be using. That's right. It is an energy attack. It is Intoxicating Blast. Range 2, strength of 7, power cost of 3. On a wild, you will trigger Sensory Overload. If the target character has the Poison Special Condition, a lot of synergy there with Bioelectric Strike. Right. If the target character has the Poison Special Condition before damage is dealt, Spider-Woman may advance the target character short. So we've got a little bit of control here. Yeah. But we've got another clause. After this attack is resolved, the target character drops all objective tokens it is holding. You do not need to roll a wild or anything. There is no prerequisite other than spending the three power and resolving this attack. Yeah. And if it looks familiar... It's the exact same stats as Miles' Venom Blast. Huh. What do you know? What do you know? And as Chris said, the connection and lore, notable and fun and powerful that Spider-Woman being the fourth threat she is and the lore 
powerhouse she is. It's the Miles Venom Blast with the sensory overload potential on top of that, right? It's great. Just know that when you move them way short, if you really want to pick up that objective, just make sure you you position all that right, right? Because you'll move them away, deal damage, and then it'll be after attack is resolved, will then trigger. The extract token will come out then. Yeah, just make sure you put them in the right place. But yeah, absolutely amazing, Chris. We already do it all the time on Miles. We think it's incredible on Miles. And this is just one more trigger on the great Miles ability. And we're already seeing a theme with this character that she's got a steal on top of this control, right? Which is very cool. You know, keep in mind that when you do this, it does cost three. So you'll probably want to keep that four power or more around because it makes them drop all objective tokens, right? So if they're holding two cubes, you might want to have two additional power to pick up those cubes, right? And get away. So always be thinking of the spender's cost plus the amount you're going to pick up. So it can get very pricey, but it can also just win you the game because it, I mean, picking up extracts wins you the game. Holding more extracts than your opponent while keeping parity and secures wins you the game as well. Very true. And even just denying your opponent those points can win mm-hmm. you the game. Yeah. Let's let's say you have, even have Spider-Woman on an attrition team for this purpose, right? Where she can make people drop stuff, take it from them, and then your attrition pieces are still putting the aggressive threat on while making your opponent not score, right? Which is how they get out of the game from you when you're the aggressor. They just score out and don't make it go more rounds. She can make it go more rounds absolutely amazing but we got to get into her superpowers because she has many and they're all very important to her kit her first superpower is an active superpower called i don't fly i glide it costs two power place spider woman within two of the current position she's at the superpower can only be used once per turn you know it's not a web swing chris of range three but it is still a range two place it's good yeah it's actually amazing because she's a long mover so like i said at the end of the day she could double long move and then place with this and she is getting all over the map well sometimes you might need it to use this next ability that's right it is reactive superpower it is interrogate it will cost you three power at the start of the cleanup phase if spider woman is within range two of one or more dazed enemy characters spider woman may use this superpower spider woman's controlling players increases the amount of victory points they score from crisis cards during the this cleanup phase by one we've seen this before it's been a couple years but yeah it didn't Agent make Widow. quite the uh the splash everyone kind of expected when they first read it on agent widow but it's I'm because Agent it's Widow's here. not played Right. <laughs> is what it is. I'm glad we're seeing it again on a character that has a chance to hit the table more often. This ability is absolutely amazing. I mean, honestly, you get this off like twice in a game, you might just win that game, right? Because you you generated two VPs that did not even exist, right? And presumably you're keeping parity with your opponent or you are ideally in the driver's seat and slightly ahead, right? So then you factor in one or two more VPs on top of that. You're really just like putting the pressure on your opponent to, you know, make mistakes and you're just in the driver's seat with the vps absolutely amazing obviously it costs a lot it should cost a lot agreed notice too chris it also says if this character is within range two of one or more days enemy characters and she doesn't even have to do the dazing she just has to end right. up she just has at the to end of there. a round and she you know is getting information out of them i love the theme of this this is like her hydra and sword training and shield training all rep both represented but it's just she just needs to be there. So keep in mind, like you're always at risk at this because you could daze an opponent's, you could daze your opponent's model, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, just Drew's all the way over there, 
And you, it might just be worth it to double move her and I don't fly, I glide into interrogate range. And that might just swing you the game. Your opponent might even think, oh, my opponent's at 15, I'm at like 14. We're going to go one more round. Let's do this. And then she does this and close the game out. Absolutely powerful, right? Yep. And probably Huge. her best ability on top of already having an amazing steal. Oh, wow. Right? But, okay. Okay. I mean, the steal is consistent, but the interrogate, if you play enough with her, especially if you have ways to d- discount the interrogate, which we'll talk about shortly, and affiliations, of course. But if you have those things going for you, I mean, this is always a threat to your opponent, right? This is like a usurp the throne on Killmonger, but more consistent, right? Where it's just like models are going to be dazed and she will have three power at some point, right? So be aware. And all she has to do is just be in range two of them. So. I don't know. I think it's pretty amazing. I also think it puts inadvertent pressure on your opponent to like daze Jessica and focus her. Because if they if you put her in an interrogate spot and then your opponent's like, oh, I need to go after her. But then they go after her and they maybe neglect another part of the map. So it's it's a win for you either way as the player. But very cool. But continuing with her superpowers, she has three innates left, Chris. The first one is an amazing one. It's called Martial Artist. When this character is defending against physical or energy attacks at range two, this character adds blanks in its defense role to its total successes. So she does not have Spidey sense. She has something better mathematically. Love martial artists, especially when paired with characters or affiliations that can add defense dice. It's just awesome. You're just getting more gas out of the defense dice, which are already so poor for you to begin with in MCP. So you're changing the math and making them a lot more consistent. It's amazing. Her next innate superpower is another awesome one. It is stealth. Characters must be within range three of Spider-Woman to target her with attacks. Always lovely. Absolutely. So now you're in trouble because you can't hit her at range four and beyond. And when you attack her at range two, she has martial artists online. So she's an incredibly elusive and tanky character in that way because you basically always want to be attacking her right at three not closer not further away and it just makes it tough it makes it tough to pin her down which is very thematic with the character which we covered more today and just the web warriors in general but closing on her card chris she has she has an immunity and of course one more she has the immunity to poison which i absolutely love with her lore with the hydra with all that but also she is a wall crawler because of course she is she is a web warrior just makes that long move way crazier than it already was now she's ignoring terrain right i'm hyped on all this this is this is an amazing kit this is a very cool character though very hard to play yeah the skill the skill ceiling seems to be high i can just see it in the kit i've done this long enough to recognize that at least but one i'm excited to play and one i've often thought about sneaking into teams that she just doesn't belong in just to see just to get a game or two with her just to see what sure. you can do with you know especially i have a penchant for playing attrition style teams you know maybe that's a way to keep up parity in the early rounds you know with interrogate until i can maybe get control by removing a model or two you know it is tough to play here right right and especially in finding her spot in teams which we're about to talk about shortly but also it's like She's very power dependent, right? As she should be, because these are all very powerful effects, like a place, the interrogate, right? To get extra VPs, the spender that has a guarantee they drop objectives, even if your dice flub on you, fail, whatever, you're still paying three to make them drop all their objectives. Absolutely amazing. And then a strike with all these wilds. 
So she does need to build power. So a big weakness she does have is if your opponent ignores her or if they quickly remove her, she's less effective. So that's really the best way to play her uh, slash deal with her is to either quickly remove her or ignore her, right? And it's it's kind of hard when you're playing her to get the cadence of that exactly right and how your opponent's going to respond to her, which I find very cool. But we got to move on to her tactics card before we move on to affiliations chris it's a very powerful and interesting tactics card that i think is always worth thinking about if spider woman's in your tin especially if you're on a tactics card light affiliation it's double agent it's unaffiliated and reactive and it has to be played at the start of the activation phase which is very tough at the start of the activation phase an allied spider woman may spend two power to play this card choose an enemy character the next time the chosen character gains an activated token remove an activated token from spider woman so every podcast, oh, yeah. including us, have already talked about this, how wild it is, how weird it is, how mind gamesy it is. It's also talking about her lore with Hydra, which I absolutely love. But obviously, Chris, the best situation with this is like, I have priority. I pay two with Spider-Woman, top of the phase. I go with her. I do some cool stuff. Maybe I steal something and then I back up. And then no matter what happens this round, unless you remove her, right? you daze her or remove her she's going to get to go again later because whatever model i picked i clearly went before you all that now where it gets really interesting and really weird is let's say i don't have priority yeah but you've got a malekith or something right and i'm just like okay i pick your bullseye cabal player do you want to go with him first and i get nothing out of this card even though i got i inadvertently got an action out of you which seems pretty like i got a activation choice out of you which seems pretty good or do you just want to go like Malekith like normal? Probably know that I'm going to go with Jessica Drew quickly and then get a double round out of her, right? But it's it's very cool because, I mean, she is breaking the game in a cool way. She's getting two more actions in a game that don't exist for anybody else. It's an extremely powerful card. And the mind games, like you're talking about, playing with it are just even more fun. Yeah, absolutely. You can really set someone up in a lose-lose situation. And who doesn't love doing that? Yeah, and I think the true Jester fans and people who love to play this character are obviously bringing this card and they know when to bring it. I'm not exactly sure when the best time to always bring it is because, you know, there's just so many high value cards in the game now, even affiliated cards, right? A lot of affiliated cards, and especially in her team. So the question is, is the times you got to think about when you're going to use it. It all seems really good when you're playing her in a really wide team, right? And you have this card and you're just responding to your opponent in every way right you might have less damage you have less power on the table overall but you can reposition all over the map like like in a sam swarm team right and this card is just giving her more ability to do that so i mean i know the dream of this card is like activate steal some stuff get away come back in steal some more stuff or interrogate right that's like the dream that's the ceiling right she swung you several points right but at the end of the day this is just extra actions that wouldn't exist for you in a normal game of mcp so even if this is just getting a couple more moves or, or things like that it's also pretty neat for that purpose or it sets up a future next round turn you know a huge swing or something it's neat it's definitely one of those interesting cards that is obviously stellar in the kitchen table format stellar in the competitive format but it's about you knowing like when I'm actually bringing this to my five. And that's the hardest part, you know, is knowing when to bring in your five. And that's going to be up to you as the player and your list. And knowledge is truly power. Absolutely. But Chris, we got to move on to Jessica Drew's affiliations. Yes. Before we do the affiliation corner where she, we're going to splash her. Now, in a very exciting fashion and in very in line with lore, Jess has 
five teams that she's on, which is absolutely amazing from a standpoint of assembling and painting your models, right? Like you just know that she's going to have play if you play any of these teams. So she is in S.H.I.E.L.D., A-Force, Avengers, Web Warriors, and Hydra. All makes perfect sense thematically. She's been a staple of these teams in a lot of ways. I mean, some of these, like, it's very obvious, right? The Hydra is very cool, but very obvious as well, right? Let's talk about her strengths in these teams. So we have been doing S.H.I.E.L.D. lately. I've talked about how they have no ability to chase or steal. They do if she's there. If she's there, they do. She can chase down those X-Men. She can chase down those other web warriors. She can grab objectives from, you know, other models, right? Um, Make them steal them from other models. So she is a tech piece in shield in the sense of you're not going to run her that every game. But when you run her, it's when you need someone to like chase down another objective team who's running away with objectives and stuff. And I think it's a very cool place to have her, but moving on to a force and Avengers, I'm going to clump them both together because obviously with the she Hulk leadership and the Steve leadership, they're both ramp teams. Yeah. We, you're getting in the power talked about it before. So she's going to be good in any ramp team, but yes. she's affiliated with these two, which is helpful. So, yes. Uh, I think a force is obvious why she's good. Just being able to assign her power constantly is you're going to have more, more, you're just going to be able to use everything more, which is incredible because nothing on her kit is bad. Avengers though, Steve, obviously glad I'm curious about Sam. Yeah. Sam, she could bring a more powerful objective runner piece slash objective gatherer piece, which I think is really cool and a little bit of healing, which helps her out. I don't think it's so much she wants Sam's leadership. It's just that she could be kind of like in that team and do stuff for you. I think it's more about what she does for Sam than it is specialist. what Sam does for her yeah, in it's that kind of like particular team. Yeah. And I, I think that's a good spot to be. I mean, it's not bad. No, that team needs a straw to stir the drink. Absolutely. Yeah. Steve, I think she's actually pretty amazing that like, it's like playing Venom and Steve's team, which is one of the most fun things in this game is playing Venom and Steve's team where it's like he can snacks on his opponent's turn, right? For and a discounted discount price. Yeah. And he also on his turn can web blind people or throw for a Steve discount, right? And he can snacks on your turn as the opponent. So Venom, you know, high value in Steve. And, you know, she's similar in that way. I think the glide alone being one very interesting because you can very frequently like long move glide and then strike which you maybe couldn't have done in other teams especially around one right and steve you can do around one so it works but continue on with her actually affiliated teams web warrior she's an awesome piece as well because she lets them do more what they want to do they steal objectives they rotate around they play control they play evasive she's got everything they want she's got martial artists she's got stealth and also with miles leadership she can the miles reroll is exponentially better because she is a martial artist, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so it's all good stuff, but more importantly, she she gives them stuff to their affiliation they didn't have before. And most notably, Chris, she gives them energy attacks. I was going to say, she brings, Miles has one, and then, you know, Spider-Man has taser webs, but... None of them really know. have, like, none of them yeah, have strikes. She brings, yeah, she brings some actual dice, and conditions and conditions with energy attacks. So I think she's very valuable in that sense. I, I think it's an underrated kind of piece of her kit. You know, yeah. energy attacks are kind of at a premium right now. Well, and also you can have, since she can steal objectives, 
you can have her black cat and miles all on the table at the same time, Nasty, which is pure dude. insanity. And you can have them split. So it's like there's a threat on all sides of the table for your your web warrior opponent to steal from you. And you don't know which one's going to happen at what times. Two of them stealthed too. Yeah, right. It's absolutely perfect. But speaking of those conditions, she is an awesome piece in Hydra, though harder to get to the table due to their threat points and kind of yeah. where you just land with stuff. But similar to the A-Force and Avengers, she's amazing under the, under the Red Skull leadership, right? Just more power every round. Is just going to stack up, but also even the Strucker leadership, she's actually really cool because she has access to so many conditions. conditions. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it's it. It's like giving her healing factor, right? So, and she can get to anywhere to put them on people too, right? It's neat. With the long move and the glide. She can be in your back line where none of your heavy hitters can get to her. I like conditioning it. up your leader, your storm. It's cool, man. But moving on to my affiliation corner, Chris, where we get to talk about some fun places we could potentially splash her. Though it's harder with a character like this that is affiliated so many places and what we just talked about good in all those places. But I will talk about some interesting splashes, starting with Mystique's Brotherhood. I mean, come on. They're already an objective based team that rotate around a lot. They score they're pretty good with extracts. She gives them more tools to take extracts back when they lose them, right? She gives them tools to continue what they do best, just have the lead on points and keep that going and make the clock run out and the game will be over, right? So she's a strong piece in there and similar thinking with Criminal Syndicate. It's not so much that like she's a really great piece in Kingpin's leadership or some of these other leaders of Criminal Syndicate. Not really the case at all. It's just more that since Black Cat's affiliated and the fact that you have a four threat that's like a four threat black cat, depending on threat, you could have both on the table or one or the other. Right. And that's nice because you need a steal sometimes like in CS. The leadership covers the secures. Right. But you bring those flex pieces to help cover your bases on the extracts against Wakanda and, you know, Sam and things like this. Absolutely. So moving on, Chris, to to ramp, I mean, Dark Dimension, come on. She's getting yes. Asgardian power every round, and she's spending it all every round. So she's not at threat of this Dark Dimension drawback with the damage. But in that same sort of power lens, putting her in one of my favorite teams in the last several months, Hellfire Club. Hellfire giving her more power and little ticks of healing factor damage. It's absolutely amazing because she needs the power so bad and like getting like one power extra around is massive for her and also getting little ticks of heals is also massive for her and hellfire already is an amazing affiliation at some of these wide extracts in my experience. So if you playing a wide extract hellfire game, why not bring somebody that can help you hunt down those wide extracts, steal them, scoop them up. You know what I mean? And get out of Dodge and help you win the game, right? Love it. Hellfire Club's been my love for some time, and I've actually played her in that and had a lot of fun with it. But moving on, Chris, we got to talk about, like we do every episode recently, she's awesome in the Inhumans because you presumably always go late with her in rounds to either steal, glide. Feels like that, right? Right. Interrogate. And the Inhumans give you so much leeway of passing power, moving it around, getting her set up for her last turn. So like I said earlier with Steve, the threat of interrogate is always there. Threat of interrogate is always there with the Inhumans with her. And I find that just very cool because you could say laying around with Inhumans like, oh, I dazed someone with Black Bolt. I actually can interrogate them. Jess just needs like one or two more power. I'll just pass those as the round goes on. She'll go late. Bam. There you go. There's your interrogate. And you might get ahead or win the game with that interrogate, right? which is very cool. Now, I think people have tried her in other places like Guardians and stuff like that, but Guardians are so 
good for choice now. It's like uh, spoiled. Yeah, you don't so have spoiled. to break your. You don't have to break affiliated. With but them. you could bring a steal to their team with her, which they don't have. I don't know if they necessarily need it, but it is one of those things that Chris was talking about earlier, where it's they're a nutrition team. They're putting the pressure on you the whole time with attrition. And if they can make you slow down with the scoring of the extracts and stuff, which Jessica can certainly do. It's massive. It can swing a game to go more rounds for them. Right. And they probably just beat you. So she is a tool and a toolbox that they can use if they have the slot for her in that 10th model, but closing out, I think some neat places for her, Chris spider foes. Oh yeah. They're already doing tricksy stuff with object with secures and extracts, right. And traps, and well-laid plans, making you drop stuff. Why not bring another tool to mess with your opponent's extracts and scoring? And then you add the the threat of interrogate on top of that. They also love conditions, and her giving out more conditions consistently is very nice. It's nice. On top of the leadership is just going to help push a little bit more damage through, going to help keep strikes. power on her to keep interrogate online, essentially. Yeah, sometimes that Oscorp weaponry could be the difference between you getting a glide or not, right? Exactly. So out of like you could get one more power and now you're gliding out of combat. It's it's not so much about the 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 help with the attrition, it's the help with the power gain, the power Absolutely. generation. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I think those are the main places I would try her and that are all strong places, but you can try her whatever you want. Like we talked about before on this very show, I think that she could have she is one of these characters that she's just a powerful consistent big objective runner for threat and which is unique right she's kind of this super miles you know she's like a super miles so it's like if there's any spot you've used miles in the past like you know miles and wakanda is excellent right like miles can get in there steal something give him a couple more rerolls of wakanda leadership she's like that but a higher threat version of what miles will do so like she could fit right into that wakanda team for that same reason right she could sneak in grab some stuff get out and get some reroll consistency but it's You've got to think of it through that lens. And, you know, though like Web Warriors is probably her best spot and all these other affiliated teams are right after that, it makes perfect sense, right? You can still play where you want, make her work. And if you've got power to get to her, that's really all she needs to do everything. So it's fun. I think she's one of these models that the world is kind of your oyster. Like you just get to put her where you want to put her and not be like, did I make a right decision or not? Because I think she's always a strong contender to be in your 10 as a flex piece. If you love the character, especially, and if you love the playstyle, which I think the playstyle is just absolutely incredible. I think AMG just kind of like nailed the fun of this character. It feels like a good play pattern, right? Yeah. And it feels versatile too, right? It feels like any sort of match. I'm coming up an MCP, like she could be a tool in my toolbox to break out and, and she could help me react to the game. You know, feels like a lot of four threats lately have had that kind of vibe. They're taking the spotlight, which Chris and I absolutely love because yep, um, totally okay with it. We went from having like one four thread on the table at a time to having two or three quite often now all the time, like on in, in a roster on the table in a threat level. I play like all four threads. It's amazing. So Je- Jessica fits right into that. You've just got to think of her as this. You got to think of her in her role, which is an absolutely yeah. amazing role, but sometimes it won't be needed and sometimes it will be needed. Right. And like I said, she's a great tool for shield when they are struggling at chasing other objective teams and you know, it's something they just needed. So it's absolutely amazing. But that is Jessica Drew strategy. And if you try out in these places, let us know how it works out. And I'd love to hear your double agent plays. 
Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Of course, you can find us everywhere online. You can find us on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast and everywhere else online at Fury's Finest. So that's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch. Email us at furiesfinest at gmail.com with any inquiries, ideas, or collaborations. And leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps us out. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for the show's music. And like Jesse said, every little bit truly, truly does help. I'm I'm not kidding. Like one review does help. So it thank really you does. so much. Thank you so much for continuing to keep that up, guys. And uh, just keep it up. Thank you so much. Of course, you can find Chris and I online in s- several different spaces. You can find me, Jesse, everywhere. That's Twitter, Instagram, Longshanks, and Discord at the same place, at jesse aiken that's j-s-s-e-e-a-k-i-n and check out my star wars shatterpoint podcast hello there a star wars shatterpoint podcast everywhere podcasts can be found especially if you're remotely interested in shatterpoint or you want to learn about the game see if it's for you check out some of our rules episodes and stuff like that and you know maybe see if this another amg game is uh, up your alley chris where can everyone find you you can find me on twitter at chris bruffett b-r-u-f-f-e-t-t i think i tweeted last week i don't know it happened there it is well, Chris, this has been a fun episode. I'm, I'm really excited to return to Web Warrior Forum. I, you know, I, I had a good run with Web Warriors last year, a, a big run with Web Warriors, and it's fun to like get back to them. And I think Spider Woman was a huge shot in the arm to the Web Warriors that they needed. Not that they I were think struggling, so but their win rate and their playability certainly went up when she came out. It just helped them to keep up with all the new releases yeah. and things. There's, there's so many good new models since the Web Warriors were kind of the top of the food chain. Which so. A while ago, yeah. So. You know, Agent Venom and Spider Woman are really, really good additions for them, and just just helping them keep up in that that arms race. Absolutely, yeah. They're tools in the toolbox which they needed, and it's more four threats for them, which you know is also not bad. So, but if you get Jessica to the table, let us know how it goes. And you know, it's a character that has become like more near and dear and interesting to me over the last several years. And yeah, I I love that she's in this game, and uh, you know, I love to play her. Oh, yeah. I will be playing her soon. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. All right. Well, until Chris and I are playing her again, thank you for listening. True believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 